Hey, Kevin Draves here with the Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1970. All right, so now we're, it's a halftime at the Summer League game. We're going to do some uh, talking on the first half, our reactions, things like that. And then, of course, at the end of the game, we're going to be doing a call-in segment. So we'll have a chance for some fans, hopefully, to call in, talk about Summer League in general, Let's get your guys' reactions on the first half. What are you thinking? I think it's exactly like the weather in Minnesota right now. I mean, it's been just a... What, raining trees from the Grizzlies? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Or just, I mean, just a downer of an evening when you look at it. I mean, you know, we had such great weather, and now it's, you know, pouring rain and windy and all that, and kind of brings you down a bit. And the Wolves play in the first half definitely brought me down a little bit. They're not looking like the team that we've seen through the the first few games of uh, of this Summer League. I think I have an answer to that, Kevin. 
they appear very sloppy, right? Uh, Rob pregame uh, was telling me, hey, man, number one defensive team in NBA Summer League. I haven't seen that at all from them. The Grizz are hitting threes all over the place. And we're turning the ball over, making some bad passes, bad decisions. Hopefully, we can make some halftime adjustments, slow down, run the offense, get some higher quality looks. That's what I really want to see from the Timberwolves here in the second half of the NBA Summer League Championship game. Well, I'll tell you, we're down 16, but doesn't it feel like it's a lot more than that at half? Well, yeah. I think it does. It could be a lot worse right now. Yeah. And, and like we talked about, Aaron, now, again, we're not trying to you know harp on the referees. I think the Wolves played a poor first half. But there was easily, what, five to ten points that I think were directly off of no calls on one end that led to a three-pointer or an easy look because we're down 5-4 on the defensive end. Well, to that point, Rob, there was two specific instances when we were going in for a layup, we're pushed in the back, we missed the layup, no call, instantly come down on transition because we're down a guy because he's on the floor in the baseline, and they hit threes. You caught that layup. Take away six points from them. I mean, that's a 10-point swing right there. That's not doing us any favors. That, combined with some sloppy pay, play in turnovers, really has led to this 17-point deficit. And to Kevin's point, the 17 points, I think, can be made up rather quickly. I think a run or two, we can get this back. But if we don't come out, I'll know if we're going to make this up within about the first three minutes of the second half. That's my assumption. Now, we've done it before. Earlier in Summer League, we did have a 20-plus point deficit. We came back. So 16, that's doable. The key is going to be you need the team you saw earlier in Summer League, guys that can hit three-point shots, guys that make good decisions. I thought a lot of guys made bad decisions in the first half, specifically you know, Nas Reed. It, almost like he tried to do a little too much, but he didn't. It was like he tried to do too much, but at half speed. Well, so like his decision-making, everything seemed like it was like delayed. Rob, speaking about Nas Reed, I was so excited to see him matched up against Brandon Clark. Everybody knows Brandon Clark. He's a lottery pick. Now here's our undrafted guy who's had an amazing summer league up until this point. Now they're throwing Brandon Clark. They're throwing Bruno Adam. He's getting some bigger players that he's having to guard, and it's giving him a hard time. I don't know what's happening right now other than he looks rushed a bit maybe fatigued maybe at this point he's getting a little bit fatigued he's had a couple three-point opportunities those have basically just been bricks so it's a lot of flick of the wrist i understand that he has a, a somewhat carl towns-esque shot from deep but nas reed has struggled rob do you have a player in this first half summer league championship that has actually played well for the timberwolves I would, I would say the guy that I think still played pretty well, all things considered, was Martin. I thought he made some good decisions. I thought he was pretty solid on both ends. What about McLaughlin? McLaughlin was a bit of a mixed bag because he had a couple plays where you're sitting there watching going, what was that? Yeah. And then you had a couple plays where you're like, all right, damn, I see what you're doing. I mean, he was, he was overall good. I actually think, and they, they talk about this a little too much in the telecast, uh, him as, like a, as the third point guard. So let's say, for example, we've already got Nas Reed as a two-way player. If they were like, we're going to make him our two-way player, our second two-way guy, I could, I could, I could get behind that. I could. As he, if he's going to be like a third or emergency point guard, I, I could really understand that because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes normally. In this game, I think he struggled a bit. But what's really cool about him 
is he's very good with the basketball in terms of being able to dribble, and he's a pretty good decision maker. We have not seen that as much in this game. And that's here's a statistic. So we're down 16, eight turnovers by the Wolves, 13 Memphis points out of those eight turnovers. Grizzlies, just two turnovers, zero Minnesota points. So here's what I'm expecting from the second half. Pablo Prigione is going to make some adjustments. Would not shock me if he maybe moved someone around as far as the starting lineup is concerned, but maybe not. Maybe he wants to keep consistency. But for the Wolves to win this game, I mean, first of all, is Memphis going to be as hot as they were in the first half? That seems unlikely to me. Hard to imagine. Are we going to be as sloppy as we were in the first half? Also seems unlikely. So all you need is just things to go back to what you're used to, at least so far in the summer league. I think that'll make a huge difference. Yeah, it'll be very interesting what the Wolves do with those two-way contracts and how, who makes the actual roster, especially with Jared Terrell, you know, two-way guy from last season, plays the point guard spot. He's got a more physical body, you know, likely can stand an NBA season better than some of the other point guard options. Kevin, Correct. I know this was your favorite play. Mitch Creek going in for a layup. And uh, one of the guys that you're probably not the biggest fan of, Grayson Allen, comes in pretty hard and gives him an old stare down. Yeah, I think my, uh, my exact words at that moment were Grayson Allen can go play in traffic. Wow. I just don't like him. No, or he can I don't go play either. in China. And, and here's, here's the thing. There's certain players, and, and I think Draymond started to put himself in this category. And Don't say the D word. Figured, figured out a way to get out of it. But, I mean, just dirty players carry such a negative connotation and Grayson Allen isn't good enough to let the stats speak for themselves with Draymond. You've got a defensive player who is phenomenal at what he does, who can get you boards, get you buckets. So we can overlook a a kick in the junk every so often out of him, but with Grayson Allen, it seems like it happens way more often than it should and he's not good enough to let anything else back it up. He hasn't really done much in the NBA. I mean, seriously, in his short time, nothing's really happened. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of where I'm at as far as he's concerned. My problem with that play was, number one, it's a hard foul. Mitch Creek's in the air, gets hit pretty good. They don't even look at it for a flagrant or for a tech or anything. And then after the play's over, he stands over the guy. Yeah. And credit Mitch Creek for just getting up and walking away. Didn't even care. Because I think, let's be honest, Mitch Creek could beat the shit out of Grayson Allen. And oh, I'm there for that. I'm Rob's, there for that. Rob's there for that. Well, ultimately... Rough and rowdy. Ultimately, guys, for me, it, it came down to the guards. I think the, the Grizzly guards, the one and two, they outplayed the Timberwolves. And all, you talk about turnovers, the sloppy play and transition. That's guard play, right? Um, I think the bigs, for the most part, are even. So maybe Nas can pick it up. Maybe the guards pick it up and we can get a second half out of this thing in the NBA Summer League Championship game. Yeah, we want it to be more like the last time the Wolves were in the NBA uh, Summer League Championship and be close and hopefully don't lose by a buzzer beater. Time will tell. Uh, second half's about to start. We'll come back at you at the end of the game and hopefully uh, get some call-ins and discuss, hopefully, a Timberwolves victory. Hey, it's Kevin from The Howl, and I'm here for the Craft Drinks Passport, and I'm really excited to tell you about this. As you know, Minnesota is full of amazingly creative people, and we have one of the best craft beer and cocktail scenes in the entire world. A local company called Craft Notes has made it their mission to try them all, break it down to the most exceptional spots, and then tell their story. You can buy their locally designed and printed books at craftnotes.net. The best part of it all, you bring that book to any brewery or distillery in the book, and you get a drink on the house. 
bam, your $25 book gets you over $300 in great drinks and experiences. Get free shipping by using promo code DASH, and you can order at craftnotes.net. End of the third quarter for Timberwolves Summer League. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and The Howl. Guys, the third quarter, uh, I mean, night and day difference. It's like it's back out to being 85 and sunny again here in Minneapolis. It's not, but uh, one man has been bringing out the sunshine for the Timberwolves. Two-point game. Kalen Martin's been phenomenal. Phenomenal. He needs to be signed. I'm not saying he necessarily has to be on, like, the regular roster, but you got a second two-way contract. I, I, the guy brings it every single game. Good ball handler, has phenomenal range, can, good finisher at the hoop. What, what's the guy, what can he do? And he's a decent defender, too. Yeah, he's got wide shoulders, good spin move. You know, he, he can put that defender on his hip. Really a good player. And what did we talk about before halftime? Coming out, Pablo Prigioni making changes. Yep, yep. We took care of the ball. We got better quality looks on offense. Truly a night and day difference the lead has been trimmed down to two mitch creek even stepping up got a nice donk hit a corner three you're starting to get those contributions good, good defensive plays from jordan murphy can i add the refing was better well I there mean, wasn't as many opportunities for the refs to screw it up yep. i will say this kata bates d up should ride the bench the rest of the fourth his game first three quarters poor Yep, he I, laid a big I'm, turd. I'm over him in this game. He laid a big turd. Uh, we're about to jump back in to uh, the fourth quarter here. We'll, uh, come back, I guess, at the end of the game? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Oh, Jordan Murphy, before we go, for the lead, no, he rims out. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back after the fourth quarter. We'll take your phone calls and more. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and this is The Howl. <laughs> So we're jumping back in here. Unfortunately, the Wolves did not close it out. Good I mean, game, was, though, right, guys? That was a great game. You were down, what, 16 and a half? We were all basically kind of ready to, to give up on it the way that the first half went. It looked like there was no spark, no fire from this uh, Timberwolves Summer League team. And then that third quarter came along. They, they got it even closer, and the fourth quarter was a battle. You know, you say no spark, no fire. It's almost like a precursor for what's going to happen to you tonight in Can Kevin Cousy. Let's see if you bring it. Or a Prigioni. Oh, is it a Prigioni? It's a Prigioni. Hey, uh, T-Wolves fun fact. Pablo Prigioni will go down in history trivia as the first Timberwolves coach to throw the challenge flag or make a challenge. I never saw a flag. Did you? Nobody's listening to me. Great. Um, I tell you what, down. What else is new? <laughs> yeah, right. They were down two going into the fourth quarter. It looked good for the Timberwolves. The momentum was in our favor. Martin's playing with swagger. He's got a bunch of fire. And then we just never could get it going to close it out. We had a chance at the end. Ultimately, you know, I tweeted it out. I said, woof, that was a rough end of game play call. <laughs> woof. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, is it kind of, you know, it, it's something you see a lot is, especially in those big games like that where you have to come back from a, a larger deficit. Spend a lot of energy. You, you get it to a certain point, and it's just like you can't quite get over that hump. And that's, and that's exactly what we saw tonight in the Summer League game. If that game had been, a say, a 10-point game, 7-point game, I think the Wolves 
are in a different position now. You can't allow yourself to be down 16 and a half and, and expect to come back and win a ball game. And, and the thing to remember here, too, guys, no Jarrett Culver, no Jalen Noel, like no draft picks, no Josh Okogie tonight. Like this was a true summer league team without any draft picks. Yeah, well, a team that had a very good draft pick, ultimately clean sweep on the awards. He gets the championship, gets the summer league MVP. Brandon Clark I was talking to Rob about it. I was hesitant on where he was in the draft. I'm thinking, you know, is he going to have what it takes? After seeing this sample size of him, I'm convinced he's going to have a good rookie season. I'm not calling rookie of the year or anything like that. What I am saying is, he looks NBA ready. I would love to see what his game is going to develop into, which is why you pick a guy with that type of upside. Grizzlies got a load of talent. They got Jaron Jackson, Jackson Jr. coming back, and John Morant's going to be leading the way with yeah. Brandon Clark. And Brandon Clark. I just want to add, though, like slow the roll a little bit on Brandon Clark. First of all, it's Summer League. So the thing to keep in mind about Summer League is if you're a good player and you play well there, it does not matter. If you're a good player and you play poorly – it matters, but it does not matter if you're a good player and you play well. I mean, just look at Randy Foy won Summer League MVP. It does not matter. What do so you mean? Randy so Foy had a 12-year NBA career and played in the playoffs. But that's my point. And- like, he, he was a good player. That's fine. But good players should play well against the Summer League. Yeah. Like, you're expected to do that. Well, I, I Brandon think Clark, the thing Brandon to keep in Clark mind showed. with him is he's undersized. Like, significantly undersized. It can help that he's very athletic. That's going to make a big difference. But you're basically talking about a guy that is a power forward in a small forward's body. That's an issue. He's not tall, and he's also, he weighs like 205 pounds. Uh, going yeah. up against, think about the, the I power wish forwards. I weighed 205 pounds. He looked I, I, I bigger to, out there, man. I, talked I don't to, know. I talked to you guys about this uh, off air, but so Rui Hashimura weighs about 20 pounds more than Brandon Clark. And Rui Hashimura is not big. And that tells you how small Brandon Clark is. So let's let's ask this question here real quick before we go to uh, to take some some listener phone calls out of the Wolves summer league roster. Um, who do you think a earns a roster spot, uh, a two way? I mean, who who do you think out of the summer league team has made enough of an impression to uh, to maybe get a spot? I think there's two names for me, and I don't think it's even close. It's Mark. Well. So Nas Reed's already under contract, obviously. Yeah, so but not counting Nas. So Martin and McLaughlin are the two players that I think did enough that it would make sense to give them contracts of some sort. I don't know what that is, but if McLaughlin was your third point guard, I think that could make a lot of sense. If he was a two-way guy, that would make some sense too. But Martin is number one in my book, and yeah. it's, not, it's not close. It's really hard for me to find another guy outside of those two that you just listed. I don't know. I think McLaughlin could be. So, so the uh. other guy that I'm thinking of, I think Mitch Creek, given the the experience he had last year with this team, uh, in addition to his, I mean, you know, let's let's call it what it is. He was a little spotty in this summer league, but I think he's a guy that we could we could also see, um, you know, earning some earning a, a, a contract. You know, likely a, a two way kind of thing. He plays basketball the right way. Yeah. That's what I have to say about Mitchell Creek. Is he play now he's under he's under contract or something. He's they oh, have is him he? they have him in, under contract in some form. Okay. I don't I, I'm pretty sure there's something I don't know if it's one of those uh 
rule like non-guaranteed it's something weird like that yeah so i think they have the like i think they have the right to maybe he's restricted i don't know but he makes a lot of sense to me what i really like about his game is it's very similar to uh like a brian cardinal or a robbie hummel just a guy that kind of does a lot of little things he's not going to jump off the page but he's also not going to make a lot of mistakes yep and that's what i really like about him good shooting touch very good shooter uh solid rebounder pretty good defender there's just a lot of things to like about him as a depth guy, as a bench guy. And, and, and let's be honest, those are the kind of players that we need. This Minnesota Timberwolves team isn't a championship contender this year. In my opinion, they're not even a playoffs contender. But if we can get guys like a Mitchell Creek, uh, like a McLaughlin, like a Martin, that we can develop, and, and you know maybe one of them has that sneaky star potential... But even if not, even if two of those three guys develop into key role players on a team that we can lock up long-term at a cheap price, that's huge. And that's what we're going to end up needing as the Wolves try to get a max cap slot open for the 2020 uh, offseason. And that's part of the reason why I was upset when we dropped Cam Reynolds. I thought he was a very valuable piece at a really cheap price. Well, and I, I mean, thought that was a mistake. But we, we saw it coming because in NBA 2K19, he oh. just is infuriated with the team and never resigns it's such a, with Yeah, us. it's such an odd thing. There's, so there's, 2K, 2K correctly predicted it, except Cam Reynolds isn't upset with us. The difference is he wants to be here. Yeah, in exactly. the game, he doesn't want to be here. That's exactly. the goofy part about it. But it ends up being right because he's not here anymore. Yeah, So and they might bring him back. When they, when they cut him, or when they got rid of him because it wasn't it was non guaranteed money. Yep. When they did that, uh, I think it was Dookie talked about how uh, he could definitely still come back, and he'd make a lot of sense if they did. Although, you watch a guy like Keelan Martin, you watch some of these other guys, maybe he doesn't have a spot. I don't know. I, it's interesting to see what they end up doing uh, with the end of their bench. But watching summer league, I think they have a lot of opportunities there for players that could make some sense. Let's take some calls. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's definitely take some calls. Uh, so what are we? Lines are open. What are we thinking uh, as far as players? Or, or how about Prigioni? Let's talk about Prigioni a little bit. I thought he did a great job coaching. There were, I do have an issue maybe a little bit with that last play at the end of the game. But how much of that you always wonder is, is it coaching or is it execution? And I, th- I think it was a little bit of both. I think the play that Prigioni had drawn up, if you know you could you could get a, a little bit of a, a crack in that in that defense i think it sets up at least a good look uh grayson allen makes an athletic play he reads it correctly and i think that's that's a key for utah or for uh, memphis right there um but if he, he left mitch creek open in the corner but that's, the a, decision but, that's a tough, been, but that's a tough pass to the far corner yeah I mean, it's a tough pass over the top over a leaping defender. i mean grayson too. allen to be fair grayson allen had to make a pretty pretty athletic, athletic play James. for it to not James. work <laughs> but even if he catches even if the ball is there that'd be a tough shot yeah it, it, you're almost catching it in midair and shooting it basically so it would have been tough regardless I, i'd like to see how the play is drawn up and to see you know who the mistakes were made but as far as the game was concerned i think the two biggest issues of course were the starters were bad i think we can all agree other than Kata Bates hitting that amazing three I mean, he was bad. Nasri was not good. Nope. He had a couple plays here or there, but the bench carried the team. And I would say that if the bench didn't have to carry the team so much, you win that game. For example, they had to pull Kalen Martin at one point, and when they did, the team struggled mightily, yeah, Mem- and the Grizzlies Memphis went on, went on, on a run. the run that ended up winning them the game. That was the big difference, but also the officiating was not good. One, one, uh, one area that I was super impressed with, and even the, the Summer League announcers touched on it, is Jordan Murphy. I think he had a very good game. He showed that 
you know, you can still be an undersized four in this league and still have rebounding ability and still be tenacious. Um, I think he gets signed on by a team, but I mean, we saw what he can do and he showed his, his strength in the post against guys taller than he is. You talk about liking Brandon Clark. Jordan Murphy is a very similar player, just in terms of being undersized for the position. He's not as athletic. It's not close. He's not as good of a shooter. There's, there's, there's a reason why Brandon Clark was going to be a lottery pick and Jordan Murphy wasn't. I, I get all that. But it's a guy that could develop into a really solid 3-4 slash four yep. if you took the time to develop him. So for me, if he was willing, I'd love to have him in with the G League team. Yeah, looks like uh, looks like we have a caller. Uh, who do we have on the line tonight? Hey, man. Hello, Abdullah. How you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey. thanks for calling in, man. Hey, no problem, no problem. Thanks for picking up. What did your What were your thoughts on? Uh, I guess let's let's touch on this specific game uh, to start off. What were your thoughts on the championship game? Um, championship game. It, it, it's sad to see us take the take the loss, but um, I believe we started off slow um, and put ourselves put ourselves in a hole that was extremely difficult for us to come out. Um, Nas Reed and, and Kata Bates they looked extremely tired today. I'm going to go with the fact that I think that, you know, the back-to-back-to-back game kind of took a toll on them, and it put us in a difficult situation over here. The top two players are struggling, but Noah Kogi, you know, we missed some free throws. It's hard to come back from that. This is Aaron Groshan with the Howl. Uh, I agree with you there. We had made mention at halftime that the legs seemed to be missing on Nas Reed, just the jumper, and then really overall explosiveness and quickness I would agree with that analysis. Well, it was a tough loss for the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, we were just talking about Pablo Prigioni. Um, overall grades, would you give him an A for his summer league coaching debut? Um, I'll go with an A. I'll go with a solid A. Um, B plus would be about the lowest that I, I'll go. Um, it's a fluid offense, and it's something that Minnesota hasn't seen in a long time. Um, it's a fluid offense, a lot of ball movement, a lot of, you know, solid. Everyone gets the opportunity to touch the ball. There's no, you know, focal point of the point guard going to run this play, you know. And it, it gives our, our players an opportunity to really shine, you know. We haven't been able to see that. So I would give Pablo an A from, from what we've seen in the, the summer league. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, one thing I'll touch on. So, Talal, I know you've caught all the summer league games. Uh, this is Rob, by the way, the sportsman. And – and I've seen, uh, you know, I your know, opinion man, on, it. yeah, you know, it's good to have you on. And I know you've watched every game. Who are the players that stood out enough to you that you think maybe have earned a shot either with the big club or maybe as that second two-way contract? Um, I will go with, with I, um, I was, I was hard on, on Jordan. Uh, Jordan had me a little shaky for a little bit. I wasn't a hundred percent sold on him. Uh, he struggled the first two games. So you know, I, I was a little pushed away, but uh, he really turned it on. Really turned it on, and it's between him and Martin. Him, him and Martin are the two that I would say deserve the opportunity with the team. You know, preferably Jordan because we do have Teague and we have Bates here, so losing uh, Ty has really hurt us. Uh, you need that third point guard. You really do. I think a lot of teams you have to have that third ball handler, especially as you get further into the season. You know. Once the, the February time starts coming in, you know, you start seeing the, the tired, you know, legs. And 
I think you have to have that third guard, and I think Jordan can actually play extremely well with our actual team. Add that with the fact that Jeff Teague came off of one of the, the worst, you know, seasons when it comes to injuries. I think that we need to look for that. But I do love Martin. I, I would not be upset if Martin got that contract. Yeah, I completely agree. In fact, those are the two players I had just mentioned uh, before you jumped on. I think it makes a lot of sense. And if you watched all these summer league games, uh, the announcers couldn't talk enough about how McLaughlin would be that perfect third point guard. And maybe it's one of those things where you go, Martin, we're going to give you a two-way deal, and McLaughlin, we're going to make you that third guard. Uh, They have some options there. And I think, ultimately, summer league showed that you've got some pretty good talent that could potentially be, you know, infused with this organization. So that's really cool to see because going into it, you were hoping you'd maybe see something out of the draft picks. We didn't get to watch them. And so other guys had a chance to step up, and I thought they really shined. I just want to jump in quick on the McLaughlin conversation here. Um, One concern I would have with him at the next level would just be his overall size. He's got to get a little bit stronger, I would say. That's fair. I feel like... Finesse-wise, dribbling, basketball IQ, I see he checked all the boxes for me. I saw good things in that regard. So I would just say him as a third guard, and get it, as a third point guard on a team that has other guys that could technically play point guard in a pinch, I think you have him on roster in that, oh, my gosh, we absolutely need this guy right now kind of pinch. But McLaughlin very much could get that nod at the next level for the T-Wolves. I totally agree, especially because Jordan, I believe, is 6'1". Um, 6'1", as a point guard, you know, of course, when you play point, you don't need that height. But we are seeing an era of a lot of taller point guards. So I, I definitely agree with you on the size level. I guess from my standpoint is uh, you have to have that that, that good ball handler. Um, we all know that we've had our, our frustrations when it comes to Jeff Teague and the, the over-dribbling. Um, we don't know what we're going to get into back. Um I, I like the bad next year. I do. He's a journeyman. So that, that speaks something. You know, you have to ask yourself, why has he moved so much? Um, of course, some of that just comes from drawing the short end of the stick. Uh, and like I said, like you said, the height does and the, the size has to come into play. And that's why I'm perfectly fine if we choose Martin instead. Um, I would like to see Jalen Noel try and run some points uh, during the season a little bit in Iowa, see what we got in that, you know, situation. Uh, Carver, of course, I think can run, you know, some some primary ball dominant thing. And for all we know, everybody knows, if you follow me on Twitter, I am a Wiggins fan. So I am all in for a point Wiggins throughout this season. So I can definitely agree with you where you're coming from when it comes to Jordan. Before we let you go, I'm glad you brought up Wiggins because I was going to mention that. So Talal is like the biggest Wiggins stan out there. Uh, I'm probably a close second, I think, based on my Twitter. Someone has to be, right? But here's the deal. Totally agree. Totally agree. Aaron is like the biggest Wiggins hater ever. No, 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 no. So you you got to convince him to get on the Wiggins bandwagon. I can be on the bandwagon. I'm just saying, no, no, no. Hold on one second. Rob threw me (laughs) under the bus there. I got to have a chance to defend myself. What it is is this. I said before his max salary kicked in when he was an $8, $9 million a year guy, there, there's an expectation there. And once he signed that deal, I, I warned it and I warned it. I said, you have to step up. It's a whole different echelon of pressure and expectations. And when you're at that pinnacle, those types of guys are responsible for winning, winning games and production. 
and we just didn't see that last year. So this is his final chance, as far as I'm concerned, of, of proving people wrong, especially maybe people like me are trying to hold him accountable. I'm not trying to be a hater. All I'm saying is when you get paid at that level, max money, you have to produce wins. If not, I don't know why you do it. I totally agree, totally agree. And I, I don't think that you're the biggest Wiggins hater. I've seen I've seen plenty of bigger Wiggins haters. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, my, my, I guess I'll my, peel myself my, uh, up from the road right now. Right, I guess my convincing will come up to the fact that I tell people all the time. He's 24. Um, I totally agree. Um, this is that year of no excuses. Um, you have to, to produce, or this is the year that I, would, I will allow people to bash Wiggins if he doesn't produce this year. I tell people all the time, you have, to, you have a 24-year-old kid who had a front office and a different head coach almost every single year. And the only one that stuck was Tom Thibodeau. And that was not a rumor. It wasn't a mystery. It was a simple fact that Tom Thibodeau didn't like him. It, it wasn't a mysterious thing. Tom Thibodeau had just came into the league as the person that doesn't play rookie. He doesn't play young people, and we saw that. But his first choices of who he wanted to get in free agency his first options were let's go get Jeff Teague and let's get Todd Gibson. You know, two of the older guards and an older forward in the league. And in his mindset, it's, I'm going to bring you in to coach up these young players. But I don't agree with that. It's more of the simple fact that he likes older players. And there's nothing wrong with liking older players. But when you have a player in Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns who are not along the lines of playing with older players, you are in a rebuilding setup phase, somebody said. You have Zach Levine before you traded him away for for Jimmy Butler. So Andrew Wiggins kind of drew the short end of the stick. I always gone back to his third year with Sam when he was averaging 24. Now, you can't ignore those facts. Yes, he's always been a, a you know, bad shooter. I, I will agree with that. But that comes from the simple fact of that's not what he's supposed to be doing. That's not Wiggins' game. Wiggins should definitely be a flasher, get out on the run, and push the, push the pace. When you start slowing it down and you force Wiggins to play a position of being a spot-up shooter or a position of create your own shot in a collapsed offense, you're not going to get a good effort from this kid. That's not what he's supposed to be doing. So last, uh, last season, we saw a lot of plays in which time gets Todd Kitchen just set in the paint. So now you have three defenders who are just going to sit in the paint. Because especially if uh, Cat doesn't bounce out. So if Cat doesn't push the three-point line, you have three people sitting in the paint, uh, paint and you're asking Andrew Wiggins to then force himself in the paint. And we all have seen that Andrew Wiggins doesn't get the calls that are calling the sound. Neither one of them gets the calls that we would expect from the kid. So you're asking for this kid to, you know, dunk on three different people. And I believe he can do it, but he's just not going to do it. That's not who he is. So he relies on that mid-range game. We all hate it. Think that it's something that he needs to stop. And this year, that's what's something that Ryan is, is focused on. No more mid-ranges. You know, focus on the three-point game. Focus on your handles to be able to get yourself out of a negative situation. Andrew Wiggins has all the talent in the world, all the potential in the world, and he's 24. And if you tell me that a 24-year-old is a bust that can average 20 any day of the week, I can't agree with you on that. No, that, and that's that's a great point there. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, let's, uh, you know, he, he brought up some great points there. If we look at it about Andrew Wiggins and about the future and and some consistency, 
And, you know, one of the things that uh, um, I saw on Twitter, and I don't know if you guys saw this as well, but it was the from not the Summer League Championship game, but the, the semifinal. Uh, and it was the, the shooting chart with, uh, you know, basically Pablo's shooting chart and uh, Brian Oringer, the guest that we had on the Howl last week, he even retweeted it and, and was kind of, you know, in a way kind of making fun of some of the people because, you know, no mid-ranges were, were taken in that semifinal game. It was, you know, all inside and all behind the three-point line. And, and, and that's kind of the model that, that Wolves fans want to see in a regular season series and a, and a regular season just in general in 82 games is, is you know, more three-point shots, more inside the paint. And, and Andrew Wiggins' status quo has been you know, two steps inside the three-point line, that mid-range game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Pablo can can do to affect Wiggins' game and what having Ryan around will do for Wiggins' game. He's in a position now to succeed. The, the way I look at it is he finally has a coach that believes in him. Rosa says all the right things. Huge fan of Wiggins. And so that now you have the pieces in place where what there's no excuse now. Like you Yeah, said. I was just going to say it's the... It's the Andrew Wiggins No Excuses 2020 Tour. But here's the thing. If you look at pre-Thibs, every single year we saw Wiggins get better. And so now you have a, a, a player that, like we said, no excuses. He needs to take that next step. And what I look at, and I've had this conversation with a number of people, uh, Talal included actually, what we kind of, and I think a lot of people want to see is 22 to 24 points. And then I want him to get 10 other statistics. So whether that's five rebounds and five assists or seven rebounds and three assists, I want him to get other statistics Ooh, Throw a couple on a steals basis. and blocks in there, too. Well, and the, the thing with Andrew no, no, Wiggins... those are going to happen, though. But, but statistically, historically, we have not seen him get assists and rebounds. And so I want that next step to be big. You know what I want to see him do, Rob? Break a sweat. Oh, See, I mean, maybe, okay, maybe. hold on here. And, and here's, <laughs> here's the first thing is everybody craps on Andrew Wiggins, um, quiet demeanor, making it look like he doesn't care. Yes. Does he lack a killer instinct? In my opinion? Yes. But there's one person in the NBA right now, at least that I can name that has the same demeanor as Andrew Wiggins and has that killer instinct, and that's Kawhi. You look at Kawhi, he's an incredibly calm guy. Uh, most people thought he was a robot up until a couple years ago kind of thing, but when you get him on the court, he's got that killer instinct. And obviously, you can't just learn that overnight, but for people saying that Andrew Wiggins is quiet and he doesn't care, people are wired differently, man. I, I mean, you, you, look at, you look at Kawhi. He's not a loud mouth. He's not, yep. he's not chirping on the court. He just does what he does, and he gets buckets, and he gets rings. Defense is the, the, the big area. You mentioned blocks and steals. You definitely want Wiggins to take the next step defensively. I mean, Kawhi's probably, what, the best defender in the league? If, not, if he's yeah. not the best, what, he's maybe second? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's up there, obviously. No questions asked. And you want Wiggins to take another step there. And I think that's so let me, all let me, doable. Let me ask you this question, Rob. Would you and Aaron, you can you can chime in on this as well. Thank you, Rob. You said you wanted twenty to twenty four points out of Wiggins and and ten statistical stats, if you will, outside of points, so rebounds, assists, what have you. If Wiggins could do, like if Wiggins had maybe fifteen to seventeen points a game, 
but we saw a steady maybe six, seven assists, six, seven rebounds a game where he's pushing kind of that 15 on this on the other stats per game. Would you be okay with that? And would you think that that's deserving of the contract? So if he if he goes like 17, seven and six hundred, well, it's it's tough to say. It would depend on what everyone else is doing. So if if, if while he's doing that, let's say Towns is averaging what 25, 27 points. And then you're talking guys like Culver stepping in. If the points are being scored by other players, so maybe the opportunities aren't there. So let's put it this way. 17 points efficiently, I would be fine with that. And by the way, before you talk, Aaron, free throws. Can we all agree? That man needs to learn how to shoot free throws. Oh, my God. He He is garbage. Yes. Well, garbage is a strong word, but it's it's poor and especially poor for uh, such a high-level paid player. What I would do, guys, is this. How about you think about this for a second? Bulletin board material. I would put on the bulletin board one thing and one thing only. It would say, all NBA defense. Strive to make third team all NBA defense and let the rest fall where it may. Because if you're even in the conversation, in the cusp of that conversation, I mean, there's only 15 players in the league that get that honor. That's a huge jump for Andrew Wiggins. That's what I would challenge him to do. The rest of the stuff, offensively, that's fine. You're gifted. You can score. We know that. But can you defend, compete on both levels? That's what I would challenge. That's fair. He's also talked, for anyone that doesn't remember this, uh, when KG interviewed those two players, it was, I think it might have been around the All-Star break, and Wiggins was quoted as saying, I'm going to be an All-Star this year. That's my goal. Well, Think about how difficult that is because how many guys, there's probably upwards of 10 guys every year that are snubbed. So now we're talking, he has to beat out all those guys that are snubbed and he has to beat out guys that actually made the team. That's next to impossible. He would have to put up, what, probably at least 22, probably even more like 24 points a game while getting you probably, like you talked about, probably seven and seven consistently and then on top of great defense that's how you're making the all-star game the thing that's crazy about it right is it it, when you say it it feels like it could be hard to obtain and rightfully so it should be however you're paying a guy max contract money which again that puts him in a small category and then the people that support it will say all these things like you know for only four players in the last 20 years have averaged and done this money with you know 300 games and they build the statistic to fit it however they need it to fit but at the end of the day you're right statistically since he's came into the NBA to now he's put up numbers he's in he's in categories grouped with great players but i think you could look at all of those and say i take basically everybody else because there's something else there there's a little something extra that all those other guys had that he doesn't and i think all-star game? Yeah, if you could if you could get him where he's fringe all-star, oh my goodness. I mean, that would be a huge win for us. The trouble is right now, he's not top 15 in the West. He's like top 30? I mean, is he even top 30? That's tough to say. Yeah. And that, I, I'm sorry to say, but that when you when you can't without a doubt say he's a top 30 player in the Western Conference and he's paid in the top tier, it, 
it's not aligning. It's not yeah, I mean, and well, and when you look at it too, in the Western Conference alone, yeah, I could. I mean, we could probably if we sat down and hashed out a list, I we could definitely do it. I bet you. It'd I bet be you'd be forty in there. It'd be hard I mean, to break them into that cause, category. Because here's the thing: playoff teams, just not even not even championship teams, but playoff caliber teams, have two players who consistently do everything well. When you when you look at it, let's look at some of the top teams in the Western Conference from last year. Denver Nuggets. Who are their top two players? Uh, Jamal Murray and. Nikola Jokic. That's a bad contract, by the way. Which one? The Jamal Murray contract is it's not as bad as Wiggins. I get that, but Jamal Murray's got to step up if he's going to earn that money. We'll get to that. We'll get to that at a later point. Uh, look at Houston from last year. They had James Harden. They had Chris Paul. They had Clint Capella. They had great pieces. Look at you know. I mean, you look at the Lakers with LeBron. Kuzma stepped up. I mean, they weren't a playoff team, but they were. I think they were a really good team. Uh, every team in the Western Conference, in the Eastern Conference as well, has two players that do what they need to do and get the job done. And the Timberwolves, when they made the playoffs, they had Jimmy Buckets and they had Cat. And now without Jimmy Butler, we need somebody else to step up. And you're paying a guy like Andrew Wiggins the money of a top two player on the team he needs to start playing like it here's this i mean take this for what it's worth real quick will kevin was talking i pulled up this article top 50 players from bleacher report for 2019 and this is written april 11th 2019 wiggins doesn't crack the top 50 here's the top 50 snubs well these are injury exclusions excuse me tough cuts jared allen al freak amino Jalen Brown, Spencer Dinwiddie, Gary Harris, Joe Harris, Gordon Hayward, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Iggy, C.J. McCollum, Monte Morris, and Mason Plumley. Wiggins doesn't even get honorable mention tough cut nod. That's, I mean... After, but he, I mean, he shouldn't after last season, though. You know, it's just, that's, it's just rough. Okay. How much, how much do you want me to talk about this, Rob? I mean, I think that sums that. I think that sums it up. Uh, We're here to talk summer league, good. and it was a great summer league. And honestly, if you're a Timberwolves fan, and you got to see seven great games. We fell a little short again, but it was fun. It was a close game, at least. the The Wolves fought back, made it a close game, and that's all that you can ask for. Is a great. So let's wrap league. this discussion up. Yeah. Let's get a final, I guess, final points. What, Aaron? What are you? What are your final thoughts on summer league? My biggest takeaway is although Nas Reed had a horrible championship game, I think at 19 years old, you get him in-house, you train him up, cardio gets better, he gets leaner, lighter, faster, stronger, all of that above over the next season, even two. He'd be 21 years old in two years, have him two years into the NBA system. I think this guy is Kenneth Freed-esque, Running the court, finishing, defending, possibly rebounding at that level. You got to remember, Kenneth Freed was averaging you know fourteen rebounds plus a game for a period. I think Nas Reed is our two-way contract gem. That's fair. Although I don't, I, the only reason I don't like the comparisons to Kenneth Freed is because I don't like Kenneth Freed. 
Well, but he fell off, but he, I mean, he was on Team USA for a while. He you, he crushed you, it for the Nuggets back in the day. You forget he did. I just I'm not a big fan at. of him like yeah. as a p- person. Yeah. Well, I think he ended up just too long in the tooth out there in Denver. He probably should have been moved and changed scenery sometime sooner. Anyways, different story, different day. Nas Reed is our diamond in the rough, and I firmly believe that. I'll say this. The 45 days he gets with the NBA team, I want him to be attached to Towns at the hip because everything that Towns does at an elite level, Nas Reed is, it looks like he could be at least a solid player in that regard. Like shooting threes, yeah. he showed off some decent vision, but these, there's a reason why he went undrafted. These, it's still a little untapped in most of these areas. It's going to sound absolutely hilarious, but I'll show my work. Nas Reed to Towns, in my opinion, can be a lot like Boban to Joel Embiid. Because yeah. you, you look at what type of player Joel Embiid is. Boban was an off-the-bench guy. He played the mismatches. He performed very well and did what he needed to do. Nas Reed has the potential to do something very similar. Come off of the bench, play some mismatches, and and produce at that level. And and like Rob said, as long as as long as he's learning from a guy like Towns, I don't, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world at all. My only my only issue with Nas Reed, I'll say, and this is some people have questioned his motor a little bit, and I would say as far as like kind of that passion i would say it it just appears to me at times he's closer to wiggins than he is towns but again he's 19 so it's not like it's a book that's already been written but i think he does have to work on that in some regard well that's an accurate point rob what's your final takeaway i guess my final takeaway is i think the wolves did a fantastic job of putting together a summer league team tons of fun to watch lots of guys that have potential and i think the key is going to be two things one you really have to be smart about who you give contracts to, and we already talked about that. But also, I, I, would, I would say of the guys that played major minutes, I would do whatever I could to get every single one of those guys on Iowa. I know Iowa has some, already, some decent talent already, but if you can snatch up a few of those pieces, that's going to be big. And I think the big question now I have is, what happens to Batman? What happens to Jared Terrell? I'm very curious on that storyline because he has not made – the the jumps i was hoping for and so that's another another piece to the puzzle what happens with him yeah all right uh my final takeaway the pablo prigioni signing to this coaching staff will go down as the best coaching staff signing of this year and is a super underrated move we saw what he did already in summer league uh give him the next few months to work with the nba team and uh change around some mindsets man i am you know, when I heard the name, it was one of those just kind of flashbacks to back in the day playing like NBA 2K8, 2K9, like way back in the day. And Pablo Prigioni coming off the bench on my squad and just, you know, draining threes. But as a coach, I mean, we saw it very early, the way that he worked that summer league team and took a team with no, you know, no no draft picks. You know, Josh Akogi missed the last couple of games and they lost by what? two points three points in the in the nba summer league final and a lot of that is him as the head coach and and what he drew up and and schemed so uh pablo prigioni the most underrated signing by the minnesota timberwolves free agency coaching period piggybacking off of what rob was saying putting together the team and then you talking about prigioni i think that is the icing on the cake long term i think he fits the culture that Rosas is trying to put together. 
Very excited for that future and what that looks. I like that take, Kevin. Yep, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this part of The Howl. You are listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Coming up, we've got the Howl Hardwood history, can Kevin Cousy, and a lot more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Howl. Hey, it's Kevin from The Howl for Coffee Passport. And I want to ask you, when was the last time you tried a really unique, stylish coffee drink? Now, Minnesota's coffee scene might be a little bit lesser known than their craft beer scene, but there are some absolutely amazing Minnesotans that are influencing a national coffee movement. So why not go on a tour of the absolute best spots this summer? Craftnotes.net offers a drink passport as a special coffee edition. It's $25, and you get to try over $150 in complimentary caffeinated beverages. Order at craftnotes.net and use the promo code DASH and you will get free shipping. Again, craftnotes.net, promo code DASH. Fourth quarter of the howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And as always, we start with your weekly history lesson into the players that you may or may not know and get to, get to know a little bit more about them. This week, Aaron, who do we have? Yeah, this week's Howell Hardwood history player is Michael George Thompson, a former NBA player selected first overall in the 1978 NBA draft who played for none other than your Minnesota Golden Gophers, a tenured NBA veteran. Let's check him out. Michael Thompson's early life, he was born in the Bahamas, settling in Miami, Florida, where that's where he grew up playing high school ball in his senior year. This is all the way back in 1974. He was a part of a basketball lineup nicknamed the Jackson Five. Three other Bohemians in a Cuban. The Generals mowed through the regular season, beating opponents by an average of 30 points per game. If you can believe this, they went 33-0 that season, winning the state championship. Michael Thompson's NBA career, he played for the Portland Trailblazers. At 6'10", Thompson was the number one overall selection in that 1978 draft. He was actually the first foreign-born player to be selected first overall. Quite an accolade. Thompson was a fixture in the Portland Trailblazer lineup for over eight seasons, where he started at both power forward and center spots. He was named to the 1979 All-Rookie Team and had, some would say, his best basketball season in 1981-82, where he averaged over 20 points per game, 11 rebounds. Here on the Howl, we call that a cat and a kitten, folks. Thompson was then traded to the Spurs in exchange for center forward Steve Johnson. Thompson played only the half season with the Spurs before being traded again to the Los Angeles centered in Kevin's, one of his favorite old school players, Frank Brakowski, in center Pitor Gudmundsen and a 1990 first-round draft choice. He was brought to the Lakers in February of 87 to back up the legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and to defend Boston Celtics forward Kevin McHale. This gave the Pat Riley coach Lakers at the time a team that had four players who were overall number one selections in the draft. Let's count them. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, and yes, fourth and final, Michael Thompson. Um, 
Thompson is the only one not enshrined in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame or to have his number 43 retired by the Lakers. Very fascinating stuff there. Although he rarely started for the Lakers, this is the 87-88 season where he played in 104 of 106 games. I mean, that's an amazingly long season. And most of his time was coming off the bench. Thompson happened to prove himself more capable backup at center than the aging Abdul-Jabbar and later Vladi Divac in power forward A.C. Green. Some very amazing, talented players. Thompson ended up winning consecutive titles with the Lakers. This was in 1987 in 1988, also reaching the finals in 89. Two seasons later, Michael Thompson retires in the 1991 season. Now, as of fast forward here to the future, 2019, he is the father of Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson just signed a max contract. Dad's got to be proud. Michael Thompson, many forget, had an amazing NBA career leading the way for the family. Overall, his statistics are fantastic, and averaging a double-double throughout his career is amazing. This week's Hollow Hardwood history player, Kevin, Michael George Thompson. Perfect. Thank you for that, Aaron. As always, the Howell Hardwood history starts off the fourth quarter of the Howell here on Dash Radio's Nothing But a Channel. And we follow that up with everybody's favorite game show, Can Kevin Cousy. Can he? Been able to so far. He's been doing it. Can Aaron Garen? Can Aaron Garen? That's the real question. <laughs> for those that don't know how to play, Rob has to my left has somewhere around 30 players. Usually between like 20 and 2 million, but it varies. Yep. Most, most of the time, it's 30 players. Five clues per player. When Aaron or I think we know who that player Rob is describing is, we use our name as our buzzer. If we're right, we get points. If we are wrong, we are out for the remainder of that player. Or throw a chair. It's what you did last week. I did, did I throw a chair? Well, you did. I, I you, probably did. Oh, yeah, I did. That's right. He threw a chair. Uh, there's usually themes and bonus points and all of that. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Rob so he can fill us in. Uh, and also, Rob, I'm in need of a pen so I can keep score of uh, my you, forthcoming brother. victory. Oh, thanks, Aaron. Yep, we're good to go. All right, so this week's theme, uh, all NBA defensive players is going to be. So these are all uh, good defensive players, very similar to our summer league game. The way it's going to work is once you've guessed the player. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the year, I should say that. So I'll give you a year. Let's say, let's say I go 2003. And then you guys, once you get to the player, you have to say whether that player was or was not on the all-defensive team that year. Now, when I give you the year, so let's say it's 2003, that would mean that's the 2002-2003 season. So I'm going with the year that the season ended as opposed to when it starts. And is it any specific team or just making a team in general? Making literally the specific all-NBA team. The all-NBA defensive team. First or second or third? Nope, there is no third defensive team. Just first and second. Just first and second. So what okay. you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to guess whether they made it or not. Okay. And then after you've guessed that, the next one will be which team did they make it. And everything's worth one point. And then at the very end, we will have a couple bonus questions. Okie dokie. So let's start it off. Dude, I got none of that logic in that gibberish. 2018. He sounds like a mustard and Aaron. has the same initials. Aaron? This is where you guess. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert. You tried, but it was not meant to be. It sounds like mustard. That threw yep. me off. So it sounds like a mustard and has the same initials. Washington for college, a point guard. 
29th overall pick in 2016. The Spurs. DM. Kevin. Kevin. DeJount Murray. DeJount Murray is correct. Nicely done. Is that what? Sorry, one point? That's one point. Yep. Okay. Now, was he on the 2018 all-defensive team? So just to clarify, that 17-18 season? 17-18 season, yep. Okay. He... he was not. I'm going to run into it. He was not. He was. I'm going to run into issues with this again. He was. Yeah, that's what the pro- that was a problem last week. Now, he was. So was he first or second? We'll go back to you, Kevin. I'm going to go second team. Second team. Second team is correct. So a point each? Yep, point each. So you guys understand it now? Kind of yes. make sense? Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm dipping my toes in the water. That's all right. We'll We're take that. There. Next one. 2007. From Sioux City, Iowa, a point guard. Seventh overall pick in 2003. Kansas for college. The Bulls. Aaron. Aaron. Kirk Heinrich. That is correct. K.H. Kirk Heinrich. All right, so what are you thinking? Uh, was he an all-defensive team player in that season? Yes. No. He was, unfortunately, Kevin. I'm sorry. This isn't going to go your way, I don't think. Now, was he first or second team, Aaron? Second. First. He is second team. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pressure's on early. Oh, I was no. surprised. I didn't really remember him being that good at defense, but clearly he was. That was his calling card. And that was kind of, I mean, let's be honest, prime Kirk Heinrich era. Yeah, but clearly solid. I mean, clearly a solid player. I'm going to hate this game so much this week. All right, now 2013. It's a strong word. 2013. He is not a fan of basket stanchions in international play. Aaron. Aaron? Paul George. All right, all right, all right. Paul George is correct. All right, what is, uh, was, he, was he or was he not? In what year? Uh, the year that we mentioned to start the question. I don't repeat. Oh, man. Yes. No. He was. <laughs> First or second team, Aaron? This is the stupidest thing ever. First or um, second team? That's a tough question. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to go second again. Second. Second is correct. Thank God. <laughs> Puts the pressure on Kevin right Next up, and I'll pay attention to the year, Aaron. Sure. I, it was I, 2013, I by the way. It was. 2012. A former Wolves player, a forward. No team currently. Known for his time mostly with the Bulls. He is British. Aaron. Aaron. Luol Deng. 60% of the time. Nicely done. Thank you. Was he or was he not? What year again? <laughs> nice try. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with no. No. He was. Ah. <laughs> I knew once. I knew. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. <laughs> so he was. Was he first or second team, Aaron? Second. First. He was second. <laughs> Why'd you do that? You knew it wasn't first. He was a good defender. He could yeah, be I know. first. Yeah, but when I say second, it's going to be first. When I say yes, it's no. Oh, whatevs. But that's how it's been every single time. He's not, not wrong. Not with that potty talk. All right, here on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel and the Howl. Can't Kevin Cousy. How is Kevin doing? What's the scoring update? 
Nine to three, Aaron. Ah, Aaron is ahead. Next up, we have the year 2006. Taking it back a little bit. St. Louis for college, a wing. Eighth overall pick by the Sixers in 1998. Last played for the Magic in 2012. Larry. L.H. Aaron. Aaron. Larry Holmes. Or Hughes. Ah, Larry Hughes. Sorry, you said Holmes. I cannot give it to you. Kevin. Kevin. Larry Hughes. Come on, man. Aaron's Vultured. losing a step over here. Vultured it. Now, was Larry Hughes... I was flapping my arm like a bird. Was he All-NBA? No. Aaron, what's no. say you? He was not. He was not. I'm surprised Aaron went with the same answer as you. Statistically, that's actually a bad guess. It's a horrible guess. All right, next up. Although it was Larry Hughes, and I don't think anyone expected him to be on an All-NBA team. Although he was one year. Anyways... 2013 is next. Rob Goddess. Born in South Carolina. Three NBA teams in his career, a power forward. NBA champion in 08 with the Celtics. Drafted out of high school. Aaron. Aaron. Kevin Garnett. 60% of the time, it works every time. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to see. The big ticket. Kevin Garnett, 2013. I gave it to you that time, Aaron, by the way. Yes. Yes. Incorrect. He was not on the uh, all-defensive team in I think he missed a bunch of games that season. I was going out there with that one. Next up, 2012. The fifth overall pick in 1995. Has used three numbers, 5, 2, and 21. He is a power forward. He last played with the Wolves. Aaron. Kevin. Aaron. Kevin Garnett. How do you like them, <laughs> Kevin looked What away. are we thinking? Kevin uh, looks so sad. So 2012. Did he make it 2012? I feel like this is another trick question. Yes. Yes. He did make it in 2012. What is it, first or second team? Second. First. Second. You had a 50-50 chance. It happens. 2012. He is not known as AI. His former, team least, his former team recently traded him and upset the fan base and players. Aaron. Aaron. Andre Iguodala. Nicely done. I've tapped into a certain place in my brain, Kevin, that stores basketball knowledge. Apparently. He was Arizona for college, by the way. Ninth overall pick in 2004 to the Sixers. For anyone that was not aware. So, did he make the all-defensive team? Yes. No. He did not. Oh, there you go, Kevin. Kevin with picking up a point. We'll take yeah. it. 2012 again. A very strange shooting form. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Martin. Wasn't meant to be, Kev. Wasn't meant to I be. I know this one. It looks like this, Kevin. Australian League is currently looking to recruit him. Some thought he would be a wolf during the Thibs era. Mm. Known mostly for his time with the Bulls or his awful Knicks contract. J.N. Aaron. Aaron. Joachim Noah. I'm going to give it to you, but his name is not Joachim. It's Joachim. Yeah, Joachim. Joachim. But I'll give it to you. Thanks. For I'm feeling nice. Thank you. 
So was he yes or no? Yes. No. No is correct. Ah, Kevin. 2012, he was not all defensive. 2015 is the year. An Australian center is the player. Last played for the Warriors. Aaron. Aaron. Andrew Bogut. We'll take that. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely done. Now, was he all NBA defensive? No. Yes. He was. Kevin with another sneaky slider. To Kevin. Or sorry, back to Aaron because he got the question right. Uh, First or second team? Second. Second. Second is correct. Yeah, to me, I I was surprised that he made it uh, that recently, actually. Well, those years, he was averaging like two-plus blocks per game, right? That's true. You know. You're up there. Very true. Very true. 2015 again. Not Bradley Beal. Kentucky for college. Aaron. Aaron. John Wall. 60% of the time, it works every time. That is correct. John Wall. Now, 2015, did he make an all-defensive team? Yes. No. He did. First or second, Aaron. Mm, that's a tough one, actually. This is what led to his Supermax, right? Because he, he was on the all-defensive team, all-star. Um, I'm going to say first team. Second. Second team is correct. Ah, I went out there. What do we get? What's the score update? 20 to 11. Ah, you're still in it. There's a long way to go, Kev. Get him paced out. 2014. Recently joined the Rockets. A 7-foot-1 center. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three, two. Clint Capella. Incorrect. He did not recently join them. I know. I got it wrong. Second overall pick in 2001 by the Clippers. An NBA champ with the Mavs. TC. Kevin looks like he does not know this one. Tyson Chandler. Yes. Nice. Wow. Tyson Chicken Nuggets Chandler. The name I decided to give him just now. (laughs) Did he make the all-defensive team? Yes. Yes. Incorrect. He did not make it. Oh, come on. At least not in 2014. 2012 is the year. A Congolese Spanish person is the player. Six foot ten power forward center. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three. Marcus All. He is definitely not Congolese. I have no idea. He is Spanish, though. <laughs> yeah. So you listen to part of it. Oh, man. Drafted by the Thunder. Currently plays with the Raptors. S.I. Five, four, three, two, one. Kevin. Serge Ibaka. Ooh, cut it closer. Oh, Kev. he wakes Cutting up. it close. He wakes up. Was he all defensive team? <laughs> no. No. He was. Of course he was. First or second, Kevin? First. Second. First. Nicely done, Kev. That's a two-point swing. I'm starting to believe in myself. All right, 2018. Here he comes. 2018. Drafted by the Magic, a guard. Was traded to the Thunder. Aaron. Aaron. Victor Oladipo. 60% of the time, it works. As I like to say, to the him go the spoils. To the him go the spoils. Was he an all-NBA defender? Yes. No. He was. 
First or second team? Second. First. First. Surprises Whoa. me. Did you know that? I had, I mean, obviously you didn't know it, but I'm just saying that's crazy to me. You know, it, Good for him. it's interesting. I mean, he was such a tenacious defender, but it, it feels so long since I've seen him play. Yeah. It's kind of like you lose it a little yep. bit. Yep. No, I get you. All right, 2017. Think why. Aaron. Aaron. Kawhi Leonard. All right, all right, all right. All right. So did he make the All-NBA defensive team? No. Yes. He did. Uh, I thought it was the year he got hurt. I was trying to – I forgot the year again. So now he, he did make it. Was he first or second, Aaron? First. Second. He was first. I'll take the 2-1 out of that split. We'll take that. 2016 is the year. Okay. Think Crayola. Kevin. Kevin. Dream on green. Great guess, but no. Whoa. A center who changed teams this summer. Known for his time with the Heat. Now the Blazers. H.W. Aaron. Aaron. Hassan Whiteside. How do you like them, Nicely done. Thank you. All right, so 2016, what do you think? Yay or nay? 2016, boy, that's tough because he kind of took one off. I'm going to say yes. No. He did. He did make it. First or second team? Second team. Second. Yep, second team was correct. Another player I just, I guess, didn't realize he was as good as he is at defense. Well, he had, like, a couple, like, glow-up kind of years, right? Yeah, that helps. And then... He faded a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if he bounces back this season. I think there's some big expectations for him. Yeah, I, I, it could be interesting to see how he's able to. Obviously, Nurkic is going to be out for a while, so yeah. we'll see and how that blend works. blend in with that talented team. That's a good team. really is. 2009 is the year. UMass for college, a center. Last Aaron. played for Aaron. Marcus Camby. Wow. Very nice. Love me some Marcus Camby, baby. Nicely done. So did he make an All-NBA defensive team then? In 2009, yes. No. He did not. Oh, Kevin with a sneaky. Nicely done. 2008. The Tiger in Aladdin. When he rings, an angel gets their wings. Aja Ray. Kevin? Kevin. Raja Bell? Raja Bell. Oh, wow. Aja Ray Elbe. (laughs) All right, what do you think? No. Why would he be on this list? Just to trick us? I'm going to go yes. No, it's correct. Oh, Kevin with another. Nicely done, Kevin. Backdoor trickery. He has made an all-NBA team. He just didn't make it that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a great defender. That's the reason why Kobe Bryant wanted him on his team. Correct. All right, 2007. Some players get a kick out of him. Kevin. Kevin. Draymond Green. Incorrect. Oh, hard Think breaker. ESPN and the Spurs. Roos Bay. Oh, my God. Owen Bay. Aaron. Aaron. Bruce Bowen. How do you like them, Nicely done. Now, did he make uh, did he make the team that year? Two thousand eight. No. Yes. 
Yes, he did. 2007, by the way. Ah, come on, Aaron. Stick with the program. All right, Aaron. First or second team? Second. First. First is correct. Holy cow. Kevin nice one, Kevin. Very nice. Sneaky done. backdoor slider again. 2012 is the year. Think China and the Hawks. Kevin. Kevin. Josh Smith. Josh Smith. The, the clue number two would have been for, it would have been for Kevin. It was Chinese New Year edition in my team. <laughs> wow. Pretty good card. I'm Ashjay glad, you guys, I'm glad you guys share that bond together. Hey, no one's stopping you from playing 2K. All right, so did he make an all-NBA defensive team? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he did not. Oh, that's what I was going to guess. He did not. Well, you should have guessed it then. Well, what happened? Should have, would have, could have. All right, 2007. A player, then coach, a point guard. Aaron. Kevin. Aaron. Jason Kidd. I really got that wrong. Jason Kidd. Who'd you think it was? I would have said Ty Lue. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. Did he make it? What do you think, Aaron? Yes. No. He did. He did make it. First or second team? Second. First. Second. Oh, the clean sweep. Let's get a scoring update. That one hurts, I'm sure. 23 to 32. Oh, that's not bad. You're still right in it. There's bonus questions at the end, too. 2010 is the year. Think Yao Ming. A center. Brazilian. Aaron. Aaron. Nene. Incorrect. Oh, man. Erejave. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I got a smile out of him. Anderson Verjao. Incorrect. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, oh, that's that right. <laughs> I would have gotten in my car and left at that point. You guys can finish this well, out. That's, just just oh. don't worry, Kevin. You just need to guess Draymond Green one more time and we'll go. All right, what are we thinking? Uh, was he or was he not? I think he was. No. He was. Oh. First or second? Second. Second. Second, yeah. I was like, ah. The fact that he made this list is pretty good. Next up, 2017. Demanded a trade. Winning the lottery didn't Kevin. satisfy. Kevin. Anthony Davis. That is correct. Anthony Davis. 60% of the time, it works. All right. If what do you think? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. He did. Again, I, I just don't give anyone credit on defense. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, that's, I know he's a, I mean, I know he's an okay defender. I didn't realize he was that good. Oh, yeah. I guess it pays to be tall and athletic. Mm-hmm, and have long arms. First or second team? I'm going to go first. First as well. Second. Oh, second. man. Who the heck would have got first that year? Well, I only thought first because I know a lot of people classify him as a four. Well, he refuses to play center. It's actually very similar to KG. KG refused to be put in the yeah. media guide as being over seven feet tall, even though everyone knew that he was. Yeah. Yeah, because figure the center, the center position was locked up first team. Rudy Gobert usually gets it most years. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. At that, at that position. And yep. so it's who, whoever's at the four. And Anthony you know the Davis funny thing? The, the I wonder if KG pays someone to, to like constantly check his Wikipedia page because it does say six foot 11 on his Wikipedia page, which he's not, but it's fine. You should go in and change it. All right, 2010. Not Ben or William. Kevin. Kevin. Rashid Wallace. Oh, that's a good guess. But incorrect. That's, that's a good guess. A small forward, last played with the Celtics in 2015. An all-star in 2010, Alabama for college. Errol Gay. 
GW. Aaron. Aaron. Gerald Wallace. Nice. Thank you. All right, Gerald Wallace. Was he or was he not all defensive? Yes. No. He was. First or second? Second. First. First is correct. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> Salvage is a point. 2006. Uh, there are a couple questions coming up, by the way, where you have to give me the specific, like the name has to be correct to what I have listed here. Oh, this again. 2006. Malice in the Palace. Aaron. Aaron. Ron Artest. Ron Artest is correct. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yes is correct. First or second team? Second. First. First. Wow, Kevin with another sneaky slider. 2005. Has changed his name during his lifetime. 16th overall pick in 1999 by the Bulls out of St. John's. A small forward known for his time with the Pacers and the Lakers. Kevin. Kevin. Meta World Peace. Incorrect. <gasps> Andre R A five four three two one. Are you and kidding me? Here's the deal. Because this was so obvious, I am going to let him get back in. Ron Artest. Ron Artest is correct. Oh, whoops. Pardon me. Would have jumped down my throat. Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I got to go with yes. Incorrect. He was Come not. On. So the year before, he did not make it. My goodness. <laughs> right? I thought that was kind of fun. That was a funny joke, Rob. Way to get us. 2016 is the year. Not Anthony Bennett, a guard. This summer, he joined the Lakers. Known for his time with the Celtics, Texas for college. Radley Bay. Kevin. Kevin. Avery Bradley. Nicely done. All right, so did he make it? Yes. Yes. He did, in fact, make it. First or second team? Second. Ooh, I want to take a stand here. First. First is correct. He did yep. make first. I had a hunch. We got a Huncho. few left. We got a few left. What's, What's the score? score? Uh, 40 to 36. 40 to 36. That's pretty close. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel, and we are, what are we, Kevin? We are the Howl. That is right. And this is Can Kevin Cousy. Yes, it is. 2014 is the year. A soon-to-be Hall of Fame power forward. He is worth six points in football. Kevin. Kevin. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is correct. Nice. How do you like them, Max? All right. Did he make it? Yes or no? Yeah. No. He did make it. Oh. This is going to be close. First or second team? Mm. <laughs> My head's telling me one thing, so I'm going to go with the opposite and go first team. Second. Should have listened to your head, Kevin. Second. Dang it. 2007. Metallica, for whom he tolls. Aaron. Aaron. Raja Bell. That is correct. Nicely done. You scared me. <laughs> I'm glad someone got that reference. Yes. You think he did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. First or second team? Second. First. First. Oh. Think nicely done, Raja Bell. Man. We got two left and then the bonuses. It's going to come down to the wire. 
Most recently with the Jazz, a wing, no college. Drafted in 2006 by the Sixers, which I was not aware of. Six foot seven, he was born in Switzerland. Aaron. Aaron. Paul Millsap. Incorrect. It's not six seven or a wing. Sorry. Abothe. I, I, I made a guess. Kevin. Kevin. Tabo Cephalosha. That is correct. Yes or no? No. Yes. He did. First or second? French toast. First. Second. Second. Second is correct. Let's get a scoring after. There's one left and then bonuses. Uh, 45 to 40. Oh, I thought it was closer than that. Right? Mm. I've been sniping Aaron's winning? Yeah. Man, I, I thought this it was closer a, than that. about to be a wire to wire. 2018. He was already an answer earlier. Has played for two teams. He just recently joined his third team. Ask why. Kevin. That was Kevin. Kawhi Leonard. That's correct. I like channeled him that time. I know you did. Yes. What year? I can't tell you the year. Yes. Incorrect. He did not make it. 2018 was the year he was out. But I would have known. That's why I added him in a second time. Aaron. All right. So it's going to come down to bonuses. These are all worth two points. How many is there? There's a few. And I'm up by four. How many all defensive teams did Bob Cousy make? And I'm going to start with you, Aaron. Five. Seven. He made zero. (laughs) But it's can't Kevin Cousy, so I included him. (laughs) Here we go. How many did KG make? Are you starting with me? Aaron, yep. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with nine. What are you thinking, Kev? Kevin's channeling his inner Bruce Bowen. Six. What? Six? You both. Man. How many? Twelve. Yeah. Well, I went nine. Pardon me. How many times was he on the first and second team? So, Aaron, you go first. Uh, It's two points for each one. If you get it right, if you get it completely right, I should say it's worth four points. So you have to get the exact number, you know, so you'd say like, you know, whatever and whatever. It was five times first team, seven times second. Eight first, four second. You were so close. It was nine and three. And three. That was it. That was the that was that, that would have been the tiebreaker. Well, that would have tied the game up if I had gotten that. I know. Right I know. So, I thought that was pretty good though. Congratulations, Aaron. Thank that was a good you. back and forth. I can win something today, yeah, right? Yeah, I can be I'll beat you in two K any day. Beat, beat, beat him uh, twice here before we started recording. But uh, he gets the koozie win, uh, more importantly, because now I've embarrassed myself on uh, on radio. So that's where we're going to end it for the night. <laughs> what? <laughs> nice job, Ken. Yeah, Way to sell, sell it hard at the hey, end here. You know what? I, I do what I do. Yep. That's going to wrap it up, though, for the show tonight. Uh, you can catch us Wednesdays and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time on Dash Radio's Nothing channel. If you miss us, Good news, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Subscribe to us, leave us a comment, find us on Twitter at the Howell Radio. Uh, Rob is at the Sports Men with two N's, at Aaron Groshong, at KDraves42. We'd love to hear from you. And until next week, for Aaron, Rob, and myself, let me get a howl. Introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. 
The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels. Featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.